Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Okay, in the days after the leaks came to light, what steps has DOD taken to reduce the number of people who have access to not only these classified briefings, but the classified material in general? But you are taking steps to tighten that, I guess, population who might have access to this level of information. General Ryder, you say that there are strict protocols in place, and yet a 21-year-old airman was able to access some of the nation's top secrets. How did this happen, and isn't this a massive security breach? What is your message to anyone who might be thinking of leaking these kind of documents in the future? Can you tell us, where are there less people who have access to this type of information today than there were a week ago? Yeah. To follow on that, these documents were available long before April 5th and 6th. So what took so long for <laughs> DOD and the intelligence communities to, to locate these documents? Are you going to release this airman's service record I'm joined today by Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco and FBI Director Paul Bate. Today, the Justice Department arrested Jack Douglas Teixeira in connection with an investigation into alleged unauthorized removal, retention, and transmission of classified national defense information. Teixeira is an employee of the United States Air Force National Guard. FBI agents took Teixeira into custody earlier this afternoon. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 15th of April, year of our Lord, 2023. That's quite the intro of the leaker. And I played it for one reason. If this was a Republican administration, you would not have people saying, what are we doing to stop leaks? That's how they operated under Trump and Bush, but now we're under Democrats, so we don't want leaks. Quite the interesting intro, so that's why I played it. I have him getting arrested, but it's soundless, and since I played a huge dead space last podcast, um, yeah, so... Um, As you can see with the scroller, um, you know, I I woke up last night um, in a dream... It's like 11 p.m. And, uh, you know, it's personal shit. Uh, Anybody who listens to this, the few people, 50 people that listen, I've had a really bad go for like the last three years. And, uh, you know, one of the things that kept me going was this podcast. And it was my avenue to have something other than just being sick or being unemployed or failing miserably at everything I was trying to do in my life. And I'm kind of at a place now that's, you know, I've listened to my own shows. And, um, 
You know, I'm just a super negative person. I even tried the stupid uh, lost memory thing. I don't even know what the fuck I was thinking, you know. Who wants to <laughs> look at pictures of my, of my life? It's so fucking stupid. It's the social media thing, you know. Uh, for the last uh, almost year, I walk every morning and I post a picture. And there's two people on the earth who fucking look at it. One comments, one doesn't. Um, because who cares? You got your own life. You got your own problems. So this is by no means a woe is me, feel sorry for me thing. But in the scheme of the world, um, I kind of came to the realization I'm really small. Uh, not very important. And neither is this show. So I'm going to go to 1,000 shows. Not many people listen, but I'm going to do 1,000 shows. And after 1,000 shows, I'm going to box this thing up and sell all the pieces. And that'll be the end of the podcast. It was a fun thing to do, but it's so silly. I put so much time into something and nobody really cares. No offense. You know, you listen or you don't listen. you got your own life. Um, but this is the social mediaization of all of us wanting to be... You know, maybe deep down inside and the child that is my soul, I wanted to somehow right the wrongs of my life by becoming popular on a podcast. And there's over one million podcasts. So what the fuck? And then I went video and nobody watches it, including myself. But it became easier to make the show. So I just keep doing it because then I could just have one file instead of audacitizing every individual soundbite. I mean, back in the day on the old podcast, when most of you didn't know, it would take me hours to make the pieces to make the show. And then with Audacity, you can do about a 30-minute block, and then it's just so confusing on the timeline. You got to make that a podcast. And that's about 20, 30 minutes. Then you start the next section and so on and so forth. So I'd have to make everything in MP3. It was so much work. I was working at the time on the road, and I'd still pull it off. I don't know how I did it. It shows that I really wasn't too good at my job because I probably should have been working more. But I was making MP3s whenever I could, and I'd have scripts, and I'd put it together, and it was way better than the garbage you get now. Now I spend most of the day trying not to vomit, doing little projects, and I, I don't do as much because I just get to insert crap in a better program and edit the way I want to most of the time greatly edited after I've completed everything and said everything and I've closed it and then I realize it's two fucking hours long and nobody's going to listen to that so um, I edit it down but it becomes one program you know one file then I take that file and put it through a processor that I pay for that gives me an mp3 so I keep doing it even though nobody watches it and I don't even know why I post it, but I just do it because now it's a habit. But, you know, it was fun. It was um, a way for me to scream out at the world. You know, I never thought I'd be Joe Rogan or a Ben Shapiro. And I'm just some guy in a fucking basement, an insignificant person in the scheme of the world. And I understand that. I think I always have understood it. But last night it was just a realization. Um it was a weird dream, and I was telling a story, and all the people in it were friends of mine, and they weren't listening. 
and then I woke up. And it's true. Um, it's a funny thing. I think I'm accelerating it um, in my age, but at, at times in your life, and I could say my military career, uh, probably U.S. Cav when I was still competent and I was you know in that in that time frame where you 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 know you get shit done you got confidence you got swagger um you know you believe in yourself up until your 40s and you start second guessing and then you hit 50s and you're just like Jesus Christ I'm old I I, I can't even get out of bed some days without fucking massive pain what the fuck went wrong um you know, you 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 meet so many people. You you don't become friends with them, but you interact with a lot of people. Your world is big, and I'm in the funnel of my life. It's the very end. It's the, the tip, and it was the realization I could disappear tomorrow and nobody notice. I mean, it would take weeks. You know, I still have good friends that call. Um, but, you know, Todd in Oregon, it's embarrassing and fuck to talk about my life to that guy. He's, he's a fucking millionaire. His life was great financially. Um, rich in Alabama. You know, he's called a couple times telling me about my Jeep because he bought it. But I can't talk about that Jeep because it hurts. That was the greatest thing I ever owned. And I had to get rid of it because I'm so fucking sick I can't work. Jerry, a really good friend, but I just couldn't answer that phone. It was just embarrassing. It's so embarrassing to say this is what I am. Nothing. I don't have a title. I don't have a job. I just... I'm existing to the next procedure, hoping they'll find a way to fix me and then I can re-engage my life. But the reality is that it's probably not going to happen because I'm so old. I mean, who's going to hire a 55-year-old dude? I mean, it's rare. Nobody's going to want you. So I'll have an insignificant job and just make some money and then I'll fade away. And once again, it sounds like, oh, you feeling so sorry for yourself. No, it's just a realization. I guess I never really saw this journey. Um, I never thought... I never thought I'd die and have a funeral with thousands of people. I was a nobody. I always knew that. I was just good. I was never great. But to realize nobody probably will show up is pretty bad. Because you don't know anybody. It's not people don't care. It's just you don't know anybody. And, you know, you'll die and most likely nobody will know about it. And they'll find out it later. When they try to contact with you, oh, he died. And I guess most of us normal people, this is what our life is, which makes this politics stuff so angry and probably why I'm way more angry on this show than... I probably have been through the seven-year course of it. It's these people saying things and they don't realize that most of us are hanging on. You know, you're either mentally, and I'll admit mentally I'm just hanging on. I'm just barely there. 
because it's just there's not a lot of hope or light or a future you know I'm very happy I'm lucky I get to, I get to live my life with a beautiful woman who is still there and hugs me every night and cries when I'm really sick and I mean she cares and I got a sister who cares and you know I understand I have people that do care in my life but it's tough when you don't have a future and I have the ability to sustain and live and not dig in my finances um because I got lucky and made some decisions and a friend like Rich, you know, who I should probably answer that call and listen to his stories because he was a good friend. He, he helped me in a time of need. So I could make those decisions and I could get rid of things and make it, make it, you know, balance out so I could just make it. There are millions of Americans that are living on credit cards right now. They, they don't even have enough food to feed their family or enough gas to get to work. And I've been there. You know, when we first moved here, my first assignment, the 101st, I had an old pickup. The wife had a nice car, but... We wanted to live out in the sticks, and we didn't really think it through because we forgot that, well, we thought she was going to keep her job, and I forgot I was going to lose $280 a month because I wasn't going to be a drill sergeant anymore. So, you know, we were out like $1,400 a month, $1,500, and my God, we'd scrounge pennies so I could get a little bit of gas, and I'd stay on post from 5.30 in the morning till 6 o'clock at night and drive home and you know, right before paycheck, just coast that fucking truck in. We both laugh now and go, why did I take the truck? Um, I probably should have had the truck. Uh, it was my, I wanted her in the good car. Uh, I didn't want her to break down and the truck sure broke down a lot. It did. It was a, it was a hunk of junk, but um, <clears throat> just coasting it in and hoping you can make it to the gas station. That's the majority of Americans right now. And then a guy like Scranton Joe, who we're told is supposed to be the every guy president, says he's going to make gas cars go away. And you're going to have to have an uh, electric car that you can't afford. And then if you can't afford it, you won't be able to afford the electricity bill that it will entail because he's simultaneously fucking with the grid that you're going to have to have green on your grid and penalizing for coal plants. Fifty percent of America can't live in that slide rule. Probably more. So maybe that's you know, the lesson learned through all of this, they just don't hear what real people are feeling and what they're living. 
So when Bud Light does Dylan Mulvaney, there's such a backlash, but they can't see it. They just can't see it because they have an ideology that's driving them and they're going to enforce this. And they believe because of the way they've set up the dichotomy of social media and media, you're evil because it's all politics. If you don't see the world like them, that you must be punished. And we're going to ram it because the only way to do it is just to force people because they're not going to come along for the ride. That's where we're at right now. And being that I'm on the bottom of the rung within this system, a person just barely hanging on, that's probably why I'm a little more angry and take it a little too serious because I got time on my hand. But I say it a lot and I truly believe it. We can't function like this as a country. We just can't. It's not going to work. The violence will increase. People will get more desperate. That's why there's crime. That's why there's robbery. That's why there's people carjacked. I mean, they don't have anything else. How are they going to make it? The job market's great. No, it's not. There's no jobs out there. People are working jobs they fucking hate. I did it for years. I just did a job I hated. I hated everything about it. I hated every day at 5.11. I'll say the words. I hated everything about it. The way they did things, the way they stocked. Everything about that company was so fucking wrong. And it was just a fucking struggle to go in every day, work with a sycophant who ended up getting me fired, who just didn't know any better. And I'm sure now sees it because she's the manager. That you can't shove 8,000 pounds of shit through a one pound orifice because that's how they do it. And make it work with no people because you can't have any hours because that's how their business model is written. They don't give a fuck. They can replace you. They're going to put in 900 stores and we're just going to sell our own shit and we're going to get rid of realtors other than us and we're going to be the people. And to do that, we need small staffs, thousands of locations, and just ram inventory in there so that we can dominate. I get it. But it's also why your Dollar General looks like dog shit. Because they don't have any people. And the most important thing in a Dollar General is to unload the truck in 90 minutes. Because it's leaving. And it's just boxes. It's not pallets. They just throw boxes in the back of that fucking thing. I interviewed for a job. And I didn't take it. Because I couldn't make people do that. Two people... 60-foot trailer to the roof, 90 minutes. Get all those boxes off, and you don't have a pallet lift because they're not even on a pallet. They're just thrown in there. It's fucking crazy. But those are the way that people are doing it, you know? During the recession, I made those kind of decisions and changed things. And 
Nine times out of ten, I got with the people below me to make sure they made sense, but a lot of times I just didn't. I just didn't think what was the ramifications of this decision because I was in the puzzle palace. And then I paid for it, and I had to change it. But anyway, that's that's where I'm at. So 1,000, we're at 693. So it's quite a few left. Probably get to the 2024 election and then I'm going to bag it up and call it a day. Yeah, 693. So 307 episodes left. I want to cover this Dick Charit thing because I'm going to start a new section. Um, six to nine round bursts. It's military lingo for machine gun fire. And I want to cover the military each week. Because as we started this in 2016, 19, whatever, what the fuck I was thinking, um, you know, most of the crazy lefty shit was on campuses and we laughed at it. Now, it's here. Well, the military is the same. A lot of military decisions are what's affecting what we're doing right now. So... Before we get there, I want to show the dichotomy of two articles in the AP. This is Article 1, Suspect and Leak Probe, talked about God, guns, and war secrets. Now, a rando person who stumbled across my podcast over the last couple of weeks when I was going on the tangents about the war on Christianity probably thought, what a fucking kook. There's a reason the AP put that there. God. Because to them, because it permeates everything. I mean, that little montage of one minute seems silly that I'm playing one. I could play two minutes. It went on for two minutes about our media going, how do we stop this? When it used to be they wanted leaks under Trump. That's how they made their Pulitzers. But under a Democrat, they don't want that. So they're all progressives. And progressives see a person who believes in God as a psycho. This is number two. They were within a couple days of each other. That we're going to do the call to prayer in Minneapolis. I read the thread on this with all the lefties going, well, churches chime clocks at midday. So they have their prayer call. Churches don't have prayer calls. We don't have call to prayer. We talk to God all the time. But they don't know that because all they know is Christians are moonbats mental defects but a city going with one religion that's fine and another is wrong so if you think there isn't a war on Christianity you haven't been paying attention to the left who doesn't believe in one nation under God who doesn't believe in praying they hate the flag they hate everything about this country because it's all associated with people who don't vote for him. 
patriotism, flag wearing or waving, freaking praying. They're not into that shit. But they're okay with this. So I wanted to hit that before we started. Let's go into it. Our first little bite's going to be the new Be All You Could Be. And as you can see, down by the sea, it's woke as can be. What does it mean when people say America is a land of opportunity? It means we strive to be a nation of limitless possibilities. Exploring those possibilities isn't just an inclination. It's our greatest strength, the power to discover. To redefine yourself. To improve yourself. To challenge yourself. To challenge yourself. To challenge yourself. To realize there's more in you than you ever knew that you could do. To be all you can be. To be all you can be. It means never assuming something can't be done. And if it's the right thing to do, never stopping until you achieve it. That's how the U.S. Army has succeeded since the founding of this country. Since the founding of this country. Giving people an open field to explore what they do best. With the best tools. The best training. The best technology in the world. The possibilities really are endless. And the world sees that. It's what we fight for every day. Every day. Every day. Seeing those possibilities, then going out and achieving them, that's winning. And we all know that winning matters. Having possibilities matters. It's what makes every soldier swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. America was built on embracing possibilities. This is what we do. This is what we do. This is what we do. We bring out the best in the people who serve. Because America calls for nothing less. So you can be all you can be. 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 So since I'm mishmashing, we have six minutes to nine minutes for this section. I'm going to make it brief, but I want to start covering the little things about the military because it shows everything. The genesis of today's recruiting crisis. New system and old medical records are slowing the influx. So it's a system. But within it are little articles. Necessary for readiness or the boogeyman? The question is diversity. Once again, every one of these are done by liberals who are journalists. And of course, what do they think? Yeah, it's diversity's great. And this is diversity. Because we got people who can't fucking pass basic shit. These tests... The written to sophomore in high school. Everything is 10th grade English. This is the same stuff the army did because they realized at the pushing of fucking progressives that, oh, fuck me, black people aren't getting promoted as much, so we need to do something about it. And so they got rid of skill tests. A guy like me scored 95 and above. Well, now we don't have it anymore. So guys that are dumb as a fucking post, but have the right skin color for this promotion era, they get promoted. Then there's articles like this. Recruits, especially from the South, are getting injured at alarming rates of base training. Southern people. Bad. Mm. And then all the stuff that's going on in the backgrounds that we don't know about. 
U.S. Army activates its massive prepositioned stock in Poland to go to Ukraine. U.S. will send F-35s, 15Cs, 16 fighters, and A-10 Thunderbolt II attack aircraft to Europe in the largest transatlantic movement ever. Simultaneously, the saddest story I have, A-10 Warthogs sent to Boneyard for the first time in years. Hmm. And then this interesting article pops up probably from somebody who mailed it in, who is a conservative. So the article isn't that negative. Oh, I'm going to get that in a second. That's a T-90 tank in the United States at a truck stop. So since we disclosed this week that we have troops in harm's way, well, now we're stealing shit from Russia. Army readies for record-setting logistic enterprise in the Pacific because they need realized it's bad. Sikorsky Boeing FLRAA bid was much cheaper but couldn't offset unaccessible design metrics, GAO. I want to break this article down. This was pure politics. The V-281, because somebody really important, some Democrat most likely, pressured this because the production for the double rotor one I show, show the Raider was half was four billion it's eight billion for the V280 but they said the design metric wasn't deep enough yeah mm, that's that's interesting but that's how Ford Org went away, too. Then I found this. When joining the U.S. military is not all you can be. This article was written by Nan Levinson, an anti-war person. And I was going to read it, but I'm not going to because, you know, it's really long. The thing that shocked me, and I guess I'm just so fucking naive sometimes on these things. Um, I don't think I realized how much the anti-war sentiments in our country from the left are affecting a lot, a lot of things. And by the end of reading this very long article, I was totally convinced that part of our attention is they know woke and diversity and all this shit is the reason people aren't joining because they're purposely putting out there that there's mass rape and sexual assaults and there's racist incidents Everywhere. I mean, they're everywhere. It is rampant racist. And how do I know that? Well, I have these conversations with lefties, and I ran into a guy who is an Obama flack. Obama follows him. And he goes through and he finds people who are non-progressive and he follows them and then he hounds them with bullshit. 
So I had posted that, you know, the stupid vote vet was doing a thing about abortion and how important it was for abortion. We, we got to have abortion. We got to have abortion pills in the army. It is the most important thing to readiness. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. There was a black guy of that. And he said, man, there's so many more important things than this. This is so stupid. And I said what he said, and I broke down. PTSD, um, fucking suicides, homelessness. I mean, there's so many freaking things. All right, not tit-talking. I had to answer the phone. Um, But there's so many things. And the first thing he said to me is, so you want a... Do you know how how much rapes in the military? You want a person who gets raped to have the baby of the rapist, you sicko? So I have the you insult me, I block you policy. I I don't talk to people like that. I'll talk to moonbats. But the moment you start insulting, I just fucking block you because I don't have time for you fucking hateful leftists. I just can't. It's never a righty. It's always a hateful leftist that just fucking loses their shit. Come to find out, talking to the the black vet, this this is an Obama person. He was one of their influencers. And so I follow him, I unblock, follow all his shit. It leads me to Levinson, and it leads me to this article. They're purposely doing it. The anti-war movement is making the military unattractive as much as they can because they don't care about a national defense. They hate the military. They want all that money so they can give free fucking sex changes and shit. It's how they work. And I'm super naive. You know, I I saw the signs. It was always negative articles about the military. It's always negative. And now with this leaker guy who, you know, it's treasonous. What he did was wrong. By no means am I looking at like J6 and saying, well, you know... It's time we fucking go kick some ass. I never said that. What they did was wrong. But the point is, it's, it is perspective of how our country operates. Fast forward or rewind the tape. And I joked, he just needs to say he's changing to a female and he'll get out of jail. Because that's what we did to the one under Obama when it was bad again. But Vinman is a hero. And it's the exact same thing. He gave up secrets. He shouldn't have even been privy to the phone call, but he eavesdropped. Voila, we had an impeachment. That's how these people are. So then you multiply it with the anti-war sediment and anti-military industrial complexes cat temp says all the time on gut fell and I want to punch her in her face in another life as a female it's that negative thing so what do they say oh he talks to God God's he what the fuck and it just keeps up the stigma the stigma is a bunch of people from the south they're all racist clogging up the system, getting injured. Everybody's obese because they eat Southern food. They're all a bunch of Christian fucking zealots. 
Fuck them. And you're going to get raped. So, yeah, multiply that with woke, and what do you have? Nobody wants to join the military. Anybody who's in the middle or to the left? Well, it's just a religious zealot rapist zone. Everybody on the right? I don't want to fucking hang out with trannies. I want to go kill motherfuckers. You can't kill motherfuckers with trannies. And here we are. China on the rise. Russia. We're in a war with Russia, we find out. From this Christian leaking piece of shit. Fucking crazy. So, I want to do a more positive version of what I usually do. So, I'm calling it, and without a bumper, laughing at the left. And we'll start with um, protesters storm an unfazed DeSantis. They chant Jews against DeSantis. DeSantis, why you'd want to pay the ticket to get in just to do that, I don't know. And I just fucking once again say I love this guy. If you looked at governor races, president races, 2010, 12, 14, 16, 18, yeah, thank you. Um, Jews against the Jews You got to have a little spice in the speech, right? I mean, you got to have a little fun. Why you'd want to pay the ticket to get in just to do that, I don't know, but different strokes for different folks. You know, (laughs) if a conservative did that, you know what fuck would happen? Unbelievable. Funniest thing about this is they're losing their shit about his abortion ban. Within it, he has increased pregnancy assistance from $4 million to $25 million in the budget. But nobody talks about it. So I'm trying to do it more positive. This just by itself, I don't even have to fucking elaborate. How the fuck would you know it's cost us $16 trillion? Um, Susan Rice, I'm not playing it. Uh, racism has reduced the size of the economy by $16 trillion. And nobody claps. Because it's the most absurd thing ever. Carpe Duncum. I don't know why we're not doing this. If you remember a couple shows ago, I talked about... Why aren't Christian teachers pushing it? Just push it. Get fired and sue them because they're pushing their religion and it's okay. As a third grade teacher, I have to talk about Jesus with my students. They are so excited to hear about my faith. The point to the cross on the wall and ask me about the resurrection. Some have gotten baptized in the sink as long as they don't tell their parents. That is the exact same thing. It is perfect. Just fucking perfect and why nobody ever does it I just don't know here is a paid influencer mocking our upset over Bud Light which by the way I went to two grocery stores this weekend and there wasn't a single case missing nobody's buying it 
Five billion in cap lock. But JoJo thinks it's funny. Hey y'all, it's me, Becky Sue, here doing my daily video vlog for y'all. So, update. I have a message for Woke Bud Light. I went to the store and I bought as much Bud Light as I could buy with my government assistance check and I bought a whole bunch of it. This is it. <laughs> but I'm not stupid, Bud Light. <laughs> I know what you want me to do. You think I'm going to throw it in the river <laughs> or in my trash can and recycle? <laughs> nope. I'll, sh I'll show you, Bud Light. I'm going to drink it. All of it. I bought like 4217 12 of packs of it. And I'm going to drink it all just to piss you off from your put man parts and lady parts beer. <laughs> That'll show you. Mm. I'll teach you. <laughs> I win. I win. <laughs> I bought it all. <laughs> I'm going to be paying for that <laughs> for a while. So, anyways, go ahead and buy yourself some Bud Light, folks. And don't throw it away like they want you to. You got to drink it. That's how you show them. <laughs> okay, well, that's all for today. <laughs> Stay out there with me, Bud Light. Walk Bud Light. <laughs> okay, I turn this thing off again. I don't, I got pee. Man, I just, I don't understand how you can sell your soul for any of this stuff. That's the thing that always gets me about the whole um, lefty crap. How do you sell your soul for a political party? I mean, it just shows these people don't have personal beliefs. Every belief I've espoused to you on this show for seven fucking years and 692 fucking episodes is my own. It's not some political party. I'm not part of a fucking party. It's just life lessons. This one kind of doubles up what we're talking about. I mean, this is CBS 2022 fact check on GOP claim about expanded IRS. All right. Now, understand what came out this week is if you get 600 bucks on a Venmo, they're going to audit you. For weeks, Republicans have been telling voters across country that de Democrats will be sending 87,000 IRS agents to audit everyday Americans. Where did this idea originate? And is there any truth to it? Here's what you need to know. So that's what they said. Now, this is what they're saying. Starting next year, a new IRS rule will require anyone earning over $600 on payment apps like Vermo to get a 1099K. The old threshold was $20,000. So we didn't have to file taxes on it. But yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Here is another guy mocking the insanity of this all by taking his dog to the vet for a sex change. We want to do like a gender transition to, to him being female. But we don't want to neuter him. Seen this sorry, person? So no, we're, we're just filming a documentary for his transition. No, no, the, you guys don't offer sex no. changes here? That would be, yeah, those are the specialists. That's very transphobic. What do you mean? Let me explain to you. So basically, like, right. it's, oh, a, I got it, it's I got a male it, I got dog, it, I got but, it, I got it, I got it. but every time if we put him, if we put a tutu in front of him, he'll put it on right away. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call that behavior. Though. We were saying gender identity is is behavioralism. No, no. I want you to leave. This is my property. I want to leave the premises. Okay. I'm going to charge you for trespassing if you continue staying. So we. Go ahead and start. We reporting. can't do a gender transition. I'm just telling you, you got to leave the property. I'm reporting this to the LGBTQ plus minus two. That's good shit. That that's just that's that's on par good shit. Good for you. And then I, I, I put this in because I'm just laughing at the left now. Here's fucking Frank Luntz. Eight steps to get rid of Trump. And remember, he is nonpartisan. How can they rise above the fray? Pollster Frank Luntz says that he has a playbook for it. He lays it all out in his latest op-ed for the New York Times, basing his strategy on his interactions with his most recent focus groups. We're glad to have him. Joining us now is pollster and communication strategist Frank Luntz. Okay, so good morning to you. Let's go through your playbook here, starting with... Starting with... Humility. Humility. And the key here is to understand how the votes are actually cast. You can't win 40% if you're not Donald Trump. 30%. Maybe 25% is your ceiling. Okay. That's okay. The Republican primary vote, the electorate, is divided by winner-take-all states and states where you win the congressional districts. Yeah. So a Republican has to come in first or second to get the lion's share of delegates. Humility says don't expect that you're going to come out of the gate very quickly. You have to do it slowly methodically be and humble and be humble okay what do you mean by do better what does that mean it means that you cannot support the status quo republican voters want significant change they want reform they want to drain the swamp they want change and you have to be the change candidate not the status quo candidate so, so then here i'm just wondering so real people matter because i'm wondering if so the gop focus on these social issues here from 2024, like, or would that help them win over younger or more independent voters? Clearly, the governor of Florida believes so, but in our polling and our focus groups, that's not the primary issue. That's not the second issue. It's about the economy, stupid, mm -hmm. as we've heard before, and it's about bringing about fundamental change. Real people. Real it's people. not endorsements of members of Congress. It's not even good coverage on the media. Yeah. It's small business owners, it's ranchers, farmers, most importantly, veterans. What do average, everyday Americans think about politics? Bring them into the campaign and you're going to be successful. Four, and I think this is important, you have to divide how you relate to the Trump presidency from how you relate to Donald Trump. The public will not tolerate you attacking the, uh, the Trump administration. 2017 to 2021. What they will tolerate mm -hmm. is saying to Donald Trump, stop being so negative, stop being so cruel, and stop attacking other Republicans. Mm -hmm. Fifth, the average Republican voter is pretty old. I, I like to say the average Republican voter is deceased. They all have grandkids, and they will change their vote 
based on what impacts their grandchildren. And the number one issue for the grandchildren, about the grandchildren, is the debt ceiling. Really? Republicans have to get back at accountability, and they have to get at uh, the spending issue. This is what matters most to them. Because this affects, you said, military salaries, social security checks, hospitals, bondholders, and what have you on recession financial crisis. That's more important to them. That's more important to them than the social issue. Stop wasteful Washington spending. Character also matters. And we have the example of Donald Trump criticizing Barack Obama for spending so much time playing golf when Trump was on the golf course four times or five times more often at a cost of $150 million to hardworking taxpayers. They don't like that. Yeah, but Republican voters and, and Donald Trump supporters never saw that. They actually believed the former president, meaning Donald Trump, that, he, that Barack Obama played more golf when it was the exact opposite, opposite of reality. So you have to show them, you have to prove it, which is tough. Two more. This is critical. You have to bring over independents. You have to bring over conservatives. If this is just about the Trump vote, you will lose. And finally, you well, have to be able to prove that Donald Trump made the promises, but in the end, he didn't deliver. You really want a wall on the southern border? You need to vote for change. You really want genuine accountability? You vote for change. Get it done. That's the candidate that wins. So that is a winning strategy. That is a winning strategy, and this can take any of these opponents against... But, but let me be clear. Yeah. Donald Trump is clearly the leader right now, yeah. and if the primaries were... What makes it so bad is he says it so fucking breathlessly. But if I was a Republican, I would be saying, okay, that's why McCarthy is fucking useless. Because they bunk together. This goon's making another Trump book. Because remember, that's why they're pushing. They are attacking DeSantis like an onslaught. And it isn't because DeSantis is worse. It's because they want Trump. They all want to make money but again. Next one's Michael Knowles, woke student. Before I say my question, I just want to honor that we are standing on Ojubi Ahanashu. Oh, he handles it so fucking well. Hi, Mr. Knowles. My name is Kat, um, and I have a question. And before I state my question, I just want to honor that we are all standing on the land that belongs to the Ojibwe Anishinaabe people. Uh, Thank Dakota. you for mentioning that. I meant to mention that at the beginning of my yep. speech, yep. but I'm glad that Dakota, you Dakota, Northern Cheyenne, um, and they have been here for time immemorial. And so that leads into my question. So um, you make the statement that transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. And so I'm going to ask you a question about that. But prior to that, I want to just state that for 5,000 years BC, Gala transcribed and androgynous trans priests of Sumerian goddesses have been around and noted. 200 to 300 years before Christ, in ancient Greece, there were gods worshipped by Gali priests who wore feminine attire and identified as women. Um, since we are standing on Anishinaabe land, Turtle Island, which is the nation that we live under, um, has uh, I don't live under Turtle people. Island. All right, well, maybe you should read a little more indigenous knowledge books. Um, and indigenous communities have used two-spirit uh, personas for the in entirety of their culture. And so that leads me to my question. When you say that transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely, I ask you, Mr. Knowles, how can we eradicate something that has been here 
as long as humans have. Well, yeah, there have been all sorts of crazy, terrible ideas for a very long time, too. You, you, you're pointing to civilizations that committed human sacrifice, okay? You're saying that some ancient pagan tribe worshipped demons and therefore we need to castrate children. That's not a good argument. Yes, that's true. There were all sorts of terrible tribes. In fact, as recently as a little over 500 years ago, the Aztecs here in the Western Hemisphere slaughtered 80,000 people in a sacrifice to one of the demons that they worshipped within the span of four days. That's not a recommendation of doing that. I don't think that we ought to consider it. Though, unfortunately, in our increasingly pagan and liberal culture, we do commit human sacrifice to the tune of 800,000 babies a year sacrificed through abortion. And it would make the Aztecs blush what we do. But, but that doesn't make it the right thing. You refer to a notion that is increasingly popular on the left, which is the idea of the two-spirit among various indigenous tribes. That is not real. That is a contrivance of white liberals in America. There have been various conceptions of sex and gender for all of human history, uh, but, but the, the idea of the two-spirited uh, indigenous intuition of some modern transsexual living in New York City who's a man who very much desires to be a woman, that is a complete fiction. You will not find that in literature dating very far back. Uh, so what does it say about the question itself? The question, regardless of what the ancient Sumerians believed before they chopped up little, little kids or whatever, is, is it true? Can a man really be a woman and can a woman really become a man? We all know that the answer to that question is false. They're just unserious people. How do I know that? Local leaders are outside of Chatham Walmart demanding the store remain open two days after corporate officials announced they closed the store this weekend. A pharmacy at the location will close May 12th. Why do you think they're closing it, boys and girls? Well, it's because they're a lawless bunch of goddamn Vikings pillaging shit. Oh, we have healthcare deserts. We have food deserts. Yes, right. sir. And we wonder why yes, sir. our communities look like they look. Well, that the we truth. have violence every single day. Speak the truth. Yes. It is just not on us. Yeah. It is on the corporate citizens that come into our community yes. and ravage our community. Yes. Yes. And Walmart, you should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. You are the reason that our communities lack the investment yes. that they have. We should not have to go out of our communities to find jobs. We should not have to go out of our communities to get medicine. We should not go out of our communities to be able to shop. We should be able to do all of this in our community. Right here. Yeah. We deserve. We deserve. We deserve. And we we deserve. To be able to shop. Yes, sir. Work. Yes. Play. Yes. In our own communities. In They're not serious people, man. They're just not serious people. This one came out. You probably saw it by now. But this, does it surprise anybody that people are making up stats in Florida? I don't think so. Not playing this because I played so many of this over the last fucking week. It's probably getting tiresome for you. This is PBS that we pay for. GOP is doomed on abortion. Racial mistreatment of Tennessee lefties. We're doomed. We're doomed. And then I stumbled across an Oxford University professor. If you're conservative, I'm not your friend. Rebecca Roach. I'll just leave that there. Just, just leave it, because it is what it is. 
This week also, we found under the 50 shades of Justin Pearson of the Tennessee Three. This cat, man. Did I get it? Hey, everybody. I'm Justin. I have not played this, so I'm going to play this first. We're going to play this first because, well, no, we're going to play the other cat on video attacking a car during the 2020 riots. That's together, both of them. In a real news environment, wouldn't that be fucking broadcasts? I mean, if they were non-progs, you'd hear about it. I mean, we'd all know that this motherfucker was a rioter and the other guy's fake is a fucking fake in the funk with the nasty dunk. I mean, I don't care how many times... You drop your R's and try to be Martin Luther King. That shit shouldn't fly. But we live in a world where everything flies. Like the Associated Press talking for the second year in a row, an institution that gives less than $10 million to Republicans in election time is having a convention. An institution that's been reduced to nothing while we hand $660 million to an institution that chops up little babies, sells their goddamn parts, then fucking funnels that money to Democrat elections. For the second year in a row, the National Rifle Association is holding its annual convention within days of mass shootings that shook the nation. The gathering, beginning Friday, is attracting a bevy of top Republican presidential candidates and thousands of the organization's most active members to an Indianapolis convention center. It's significant because it comes in the wake of the the mass shooting at the bank in Louisville uh, and the, the school shooting at a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. 
Um, but this is sort of becoming par for the course for the NRA. Last year, they had their convention in Houston, Texas, uh, three days after the Texas shooting in, at Uvalde. The convention could help shape the early part of next year's Republican presidential primary race. Former President Donald Trump is set to make his first public appearance since being indicted on felony charges in New York last week. And former Vice President Mike Pence will also speak. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, and current Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will be speaking via video conference. It's significant for the candidates to come to this event because they really want to be uh, seen as being staunch defenders of the Second Amendment. And there's no better way to do that than uh, appear at the NRA. You know, this is there's going to be tens of thousands of people there. It's going to get a lot of media attention, you know, from us and from lots of other media. Um, so it's a you know it's a it's a key. Uh, way to, to get your name out there, to address a friendly crowd in a big venue, and also to show that, you know, you're a supporter of, of, uh, of the Second Amendment, which is really a defining issue for Republicans. For the Associated Press in Washington, I'm Mike Basoli. I am Eloise. I am six. I'm a city child. I live at the Plaza Hotel, which is huge and wonderful and trace elegant, especially at Christmas time. Hey, Blue, look at all these families. Hi, families. It's time for a pride parade. Families marching one by one. Hurrah, hurrah. Fam Every death is a tragedy, y'all. Seven lives. The thing that gets me about the anti-trans conservative rhetoric around like puberty blockers for trans kids is that if they really did care about making sure children weren't being mutilated or weren't being like coerced, they would be the number one advocates for puberty blockers. Not only because they're empirically supported and because they were developed for cisgender people, but because they would realize that forcing somebody to go through a puberty with a dominant hormone that is misaligned with your actual gender, that would be by their terms, mutilation because imagine if we sat a bunch of 13 year old cisgender boys around and we were like hey boys um we know that you're boys and we know that you've been boys as long as you've been alive and it's very clear to us that you are boys but we just want to be so sure so we're actually going to make you go through estrogen-based puberty instead so that way like when you get to the end of that road and you're 18 you can decide if you still wanted to be that boy that you you know always showed signs that you were can you imagine if we did that? That would be fucked up. But that's literally what you are doing to trans kids. Because forcing somebody to go through a puberty with a dominant hormone that is misaligned with your actual gender is a forced mutilation by conservative standards. So you would think that they would be the number one advocates for blockers and go, oh my gosh, yeah, why don't we like put a pause on this so that way you can decide and like in a couple years see how you feel. Like, I just wish they would shut up. Yeah, no, you just support the genocide of trans kids and you want ever, everyone who's poor to die? Yeah, no, that you do. That is such an assumption. It's such an assumption, right, with all of this shit. Right. What is anti-trans on the table? <laughs> Your TPS, TPUSA, you dumb bitches. Whatever. Fuck off my camera! Hey, that's not illegal. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I will actually. Hey, I, I have it on camera. Hey. Hey, how you doing? My name's Cam Dalmeda. I'm a reporter. I just wanted to ask you a couple questions. Um, sorry, 
Where are you a reporter from? I'm independent. Okay. Um, if you want to talk to me, if you can email me, I actually have to get going now. Okay, well, yeah. maybe you could just answer a couple questions about, like, why you are really obsessed with, like, dancing and drag in front of children. Yeah, I don't consent to this interview. Okay, well, you're in can a public you? place. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a pretty simple question. Like, you obviously yeah, have your, you obviously have your reasoning for it, right? You have your reasoning for it, right? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm well, what is that reasoning? I'm just head. trying to find out why you think that that should be normalized. Sorry. Can you tell me your name again? My name's Kaylin. What's your last name? Delmeda. Delmeda, Kaylin Delmeda. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so why so, do you why so, do you feel that that should be normalized? You know, on Twitter, I found a video of you singing, you know, that song. Part yeah, of I'm your, gonna ask you to please, part of your it's um, part of your book, right? I'm gonna ask you to please. It's part of your book, right? I'm gonna ask you to please. The hips on the drag king go swish swish swish. Why do you feel like? Children should be like ages three to eight should be exposed to your swishing hips. How come you can't just answer the question? Why? Why is it that you, when faced with just questions like this, you can't answer the question? Why is that? Like, why are you only confident and proud when you're in the company of people you feel safe around? I mean, I'm obviously not here to harm you or anything like that, but like. I'm just trying to find out, like, why you feel it needs to be normalized. I'm not. Or, like, why I'm do you feel like, like, you. what about the, uh, what, what, is, what is it, drag pedagogy? You wrote that, right? Did you write that? Please stop filming me. So why do you feel like you need to take over the young imaginations of young children? Sorry, are you affiliated with the campus? No. So you don't want to answer any questions. Are you, are you, is it because you, you have an insidious agenda? I'm not answering any questions and I would appreciate if you would leave me alone. Do you have like Melissa's I'm intent? Gonna, I'm just going to, um, do you have like UAPD sexual attraction just, to children? Uh, do you have sexual attraction to children? All right, guys. Well, this is Harris Kornstein. He is a professor here at Arizona University. We just came to ask him some questions about why he feels it's good to normalize drag to three to eight-year-olds. He can't answer any questions. He refuses to answer any questions. It's a very simple question. Why should it be normalized? He refuses to answer the question. He refuses to answer questions about why he feels we should allow people like him to take over the imaginations of young children. My name is Kaylin Dalmeda, reporting for Frontlines. We're out. You know, I play him constantly and I'm still shocked every time I listen to him. You know, doing the CEI because it's really important. I mean, we're talking, um, this is how they're doing it. They bully, they bully, they bully, they bully, they get whatever they want. Well, come to find out, my wife watches The Five and I'm usually drawing during that time, and I listened because um, the New York Post did a really great expose on the whole CEI, which I was going to cover, but I've already covered. Consumer Research, America's oldest consumer protection agency. And I'm bookmarking this for future shows because they have a woke alert. And I am signing up as we speak. Hold one.
And going forward, I will find out. Uh, tell us, form, let us which interests you. I'm going to do an energy, finance, tech, media, education, defense, retail. Sign me up for everything. Boom. Probably should have clicked that first. Know a company that's putting... Uh, no. Submit. Yeah, I don't, I don't have anybody to do it. Okay. So, I'm doing that, so going forward, we'll have it. But they had a, a section where they show where states are doing shit. And they're pushing back on this crap. And once again, we got to do it. Um, it. It's funny. We live now in a time where this lady almost ruined Trump. But now listen to her. Nike sponsoring Dylan Mulvaney now for fucking sports bras, okay? I'm sorry, Dylan doesn't have breasts. Dylan's been taking some sort of a hormone that has turned Dylan into some, I don't know what's happening there, but those are not breasts. And Dylan doesn't need any sort of a bra, never mind a sports bra. You, the three ladies on this program right now have six boobs between us and we actually know what it's like to wear a bra and no one would be inspired to buy one based on non-breasted Dylan Mulvaney prancing around in a Nike sports bra. By the way, Dylan also appears to have an eating disorder. I'm just going to say it. But Dylan is about 40 pounds soaking wet. So this should not be anybody's spokesperson for anything. sounds like everybody else, doesn't she not? This right here, I refloat it because it's just apropos. We don't even see the things that it's in. But here is a guy who has a very popular YouTube channel, and to surmise it into a cliff note, slowly but surely, he started hormones and changing in front of our children and it makes it normal. سنحلق على متن هذه الطائرة التي تبلغ تكلفة الرحلة الواحدة فيها نصف مليون دولار وسنستأجر طائرة خاصة بخمسة وعشرين ألفا وسنسافر في مقصورة الدرجة الأولى بعشرة آلاف وسنطير بمنطاد سأريكم تجربة السفر على متن أفخم الطائرات سنجرب ركوب أرخص طائرة في العالم إنها متهالكة حقا تفضل هذا الدولار أشعر بالتوتر لا داعي للتوتر فأنا فعلت هذا الأمر ست مرات فعلت هذا الأمر ست مرات؟ لماذا يشبه صوته صوت محرك آلة جز العشب؟ حان الوقت لنذهب في جولة على متن الطائرة ذات التذكرة الأقل تكلفة أو يا للهول إنها تسير بسرعة كبيرة يا للهول ودعني أجيني هذا لا يبدو أمنا That was the starting point, and I'd play the end, but you get it. I just wanted to get the basic idea. Basic things like this we don't look at, we don't think about. 
And slowly but surely, it's fed to our kids because kids watch that crazy fucking shit in the foreign language. It's very popular. There's a whole expose I read on this. This is Jackson King. I stopped trying to be a woman and I felt resurrected, fully myself for the first time. This is actually in The Guardian of all places, but they, they covered it. But there's hope. And by saying there's hope, there's articles like this. This is a super fucking lib. I got canceled because it was a bridge too far. It was a bridge too far, and slowly but surely, more and more normals are going to push back. In line with that, didn't even know this, I'm playing it's a little long, the nip challenge, women burning their bras over Nike. Dear Nike, you can keep your man kitty bra. I'm burning mine. I'm done. I'm done with bras. So keep your product or sell it to as many little boys dressing up as prepubescent girls as you want. I'm not touching your products. I'll go. Let's go browless from that one. Most of you know I don't use social media to make political statements, but as the father of two young women with their whole life in front of them and hopefully many opportunities, I can't stand by anymore while these evil, leftist, demonically driven people bring down women, whether it's fully grown men competing against women, endangering their lives and taking away their opportunities, or the least recent Nike situation where they've hired a little boy to represent their marketing campaign for female women's bras. Apparently there's a burn your Nike bra movement out there. And obviously I'm a man, so I don't have a Nike bra. But I did find the only Nike apparel I had left. It was a tank top. I have burned and ripped the Nike off. And I will be throwing it in the fire pit later tonight to destroy it once and for all. I hope you join me in protecting the women you love. All you real women out there, we are in the fight of all fights. Since the 1960s, we have been fighting for the right to be women the way you're treating us currently like men. You're pushing us around. You're calling us names. Nike, you should be ashamed of yourself. You chose a little boy with no breasts and some junk in his pants to represent real women. Nike, I am done with you. I will never ever buy another Nike product as long as I live. And there are millions and millions and millions of women just like me. This is our day to start this challenge. Burn your Nike bras. If you don't have a Nike bra, then use another bra as a symbol, as a way of showing our solidarity and how serious we are that we will be recognized. We are the queens. Your consumers hit you where it hurts, and that's right in your pocket. Let's go back to the 60s. This is your burn your Nike bra challenge. It starts today. I challenge every real woman 
that is sick of this nonsense. It's a great night to burn my Nike bras. Challenge you to burn your bras and film it. They're pushing us around. We're not doing anything about it like that. It's the... That last lady's fucking fired up. And I think, you know, once again, I said it a lot last year. I'll say it again this year. They just go too far. So now it's in the arts and the shakedown and making people be woke. And then writing articles like this. And this was for my This Is America, but we're doing abbreviated today. I'm trying to keep the show down to one hour and 30 minutes. And it was covered on Fox on a five because I heard it in the background. Children are not property. And the pushback in this, it's such a funny thing. Children are not property. The idea that underlines the right wing campaign for parents' rights. The reality is, if you read this whole thing in the fucking intelligent, what would you find is that she's saying, yeah, they are a property. They're property of the state. And all I tweeted was Marxist shit. People liked it like a bunch of times. Um, It's back to the Hillary Clinton. It takes a village. And we're in charge of that village, motherfucker. So shut your fucking ass. Shut it. Shut it. So, going to do a uh, lighter fare really quick. This week is Best Ranger. Nobody's airing it, but if you're interested in stuff like this, because these are uh, world-level athletes doing this, um, it is live stream on the YouTube Best Ranger, cha- uh, Best Ranger Competition channel. This hallowed ground that these 500 acres have given to the American Army and to Fort Benning, Georgia. Wind up and ready to go. Let these men show you how skilled and how valuable they were as Spartans of America's Army. be an infantryman and to be proud to have been a product of Fort Benning, Georgia and most of all to be an army ranger. The pride of America is all riding on your shoulders these next couple of days. Rangers lead the way. And our This Is America. Pretty simple. It's going to be Jim Pisaki again. Once again, that we allow this to be normalized. We allow a 100% partisan fucking liar that lied under the Obama administration, lied over the Biden administration, and is lying now with a guy who is an extremist leftist, and she gets a TV show on a network that calls themselves journalism, but they're saying Fox needs to go away is always going to be my This Is America. This is America.
Got you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. And this is America. Why do you think, what is the hold that the NRA, the gun lobby, some other entity has over Republican members of Congress and, and some Democrats too, who are not for an assault weapons ban. You know, it's like we're, we're sacrificing the lives of our children in protection of the Second Amendment. You know, this right that will not be infringed upon, right? Well, there's this argument many make, I'm sure you've heard it, mm -hmm. that having an assault, weapon, an assault weapons ban would violate the Second Amendment. I have heard that. But I hear from colleagues that they are Second Amendment purists, right? So they don't want to ban any assault rifle because they are purists. And for me, it's, and they have this idea that, well, we have to make sure we have our guns in case our government becomes tyrannical and we have to uh, take over our government by, with arms, which is, which is treason and, and, and against the Constitution. But I've heard that argument as well. You know, I don't know. I mean, the NRA is a very powerful lobby. They've lost their power over the last several years. But I think the American people at this moment seem to be pissed off at a level. Wow. Just wow. Just what That guy is straight up fucking trash. He's a far, far lefty. But so is she. So. There you go. That pretty much uh, wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Share with the family and friends. Go to Flyover Politic on SoundCloud, Rumble, 482467. Email me at foppodcast at gmail.com. Uh, 307 shows till we cancel this pig and it'll be no more. So if you enjoy it, um, I thank you. You're the very few that do. And. Uh, I'll keep it online until we do the thousandth show and then shut it off and SoundCloud will have a lot of database open and so will Rumble, uh, which limits me to like 20 videos, I think. Only 20 videos ever stay online. Um, looking at doing the next show, probably I got medical. I start prepping a bit, uh, so I'm going to be miserable all fucking day. Um, let's go with uh, the... 19th, 20th, probably 20th. Let's go 20th because I, I, I'm miserable for prep today, prep tomorrow, prep Monday because I do different doses of shit to clean everything out. And then I take the pill the 18th. Um, I don't give the pill back. I give the receiver back that afternoon. So I think I'm going fishing the 19th. The wife wants to get me out for my mental health. Um, so, yeah, 20th. We'll go 20th. That'll be our next show. Until then, disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah-yeahs. And as always, for the few that do, I thank you for listening and take care.